0: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost, Jesus will say in a few chapters later on in Luke 19. Here in Luke 15, the whole chapter is about parables of Jesus finding lost things, lost and found things, a lost sheep, a lost coin. The next parable that we don't hear in today's gospel reading is two lost sons. But this is Jesus' mission, isn't it? Finding, rescuing, searching, seeking, saving the lost, wherever they might be and whomever they might be, seeking and saving you and me and all people by his death and resurrection. Scripture uses a lot of metaphors. These are words filled with living and active imagery to describe who Jesus is, to describe his work for us. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus is the Lion of the tribe of Judah who crushes the prowling wolf under his foot. Today's Gospel reading gives us yet another picture of Jesus seeking and searching, finding the lost. There was a poet, Francis Thompson, who wrote a great poem called The Hound of Heaven, where he depicts God, Jesus himself, as the relentless hound of heaven who pursues us in his relentless love for us. He chases poor, miserable sinners down until they're finally exhausted, weary in their own sin, and then in the poem, The Hound of Heaven catches the narrator and is greeted not with fangs and fury, but with a gentle caress and an embrace. Or as our Lord proclaims to us today through the prophet Ezekiel, I will seek out the lost. I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak. And the fat and strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. So today and for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at the gospel readings from the perspective of Jesus is our good steward, our chief steward, Christ the good shepherd, but also our good steward, and we as stewards under our good shepherd. For he is the chief steward. Today we hear how he is the steward of the lost, lost sheep, lost coins, but also us lost, hurting, wounded, broken people. So Jesus told them this parable What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that's lost and finds it? And when he's found it, he lays it on his shoulder, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Jesus' first parable here in Luke 15 is one of comfort, and for a lot of good reasons, probably. He is our good shepherd, after all. He lays down his life for the sheep, the Gospel of John reminds us. That is, for you. The Psalms declare that we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of those pierced, crucified, and risen hands. All of this, of course, is a reminder that Jesus' parable really isn't about good farming or ranching techniques, is it? It's ultimately about the kingdom of God about the good and gracious reign and rule of God that comes to us in the person of Jesus. I mean, think about it this way. Most ranchers would consider 99 out of 100 sheep a pretty good percentage to take to the market. One lost sheep? No big deal. Not a problem. I've got 99 good ones back at the ranch. Count your losses. Head off to the butcher. But not this good shepherd. No. He seeks and saves the lost. Jesus' second parable. The parable of the coin, of course, doesn't get as much attention as the parable of the lost sheep, but it's still just as dramatic. And again, it's all about the kingdom of God and God's good and gracious rule and reign in Jesus. It's not really about financial practices and saving money. What woman, he says, having ten silver coins, if she loses one, does not light a lamp, sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she's found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors and says, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. When was the last time you called your neighbors for a party over finding a penny in your house? And you're probably wondering, why did Pastor pick this gospel reading for stewardship? What do lost sheep and lost coins have to do with our life as stewards in God's kingdom? Maybe last week's gospel would have been better, admittedly. Jesus talks about counting the cost. But, of course, Jesus answers these kinds of questions with his own words. At the end of both of our parables this morning, he says, Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous who need no repentance. And just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God in heaven when one sinner repents. You see, Jesus' parables have a lot to do with God's stewardship. Primarily, his stewardship of us. He cares for us. His seeking and saving us, the lost. Now, to the Pharisees who heard these parables, Jesus was preaching law and repentance. They were a rebuke against their pride and their unbelief and their rejection of Jesus. This man receives sinners and eats with them, they decried as we heard at the beginning of Luke 15. And so Jesus calls us to repentance in these parables, too. To repent of our pride and our sinful selfishness of thought and word and deed. To repent of thinking that we are not the greatest sinners of all. But there's also another side of these parables, too. The tax collectors and the sinners that Jesus gathered with and ate with. Jesus' words are a proclamation of forgiveness. It's his seeking and saving them and you, the lost ones. Jesus is the good shepherd who leaves the 99 to come and rescue us, to throw you on his crucified and risen shoulders, and to carry us home with him. He's the one who searches out lost coins simply because we are precious to him. He is the one who is the great hound of heaven who sniffs us out and embraces us in his relentless, merciful love. See, Jesus' parables teach us what is truly valuable in God's kingdom and how God approaches things that he finds valuable and loving and caring. That's a way to look at stewardship, isn't it? Because that, in turn, has a lot to say about how we live our lives as stewards. It's good to think about it, perhaps, as we've done this summer, in times and talents and treasures, and things like proportional giving. But, of course, it's also better to remember... That we do all of those things because Scripture first and foremost teaches us that everything we have is a gift from our Good Shepherd, our life, our possessions. We are simply stewards of everything He places into our sinful, feeble hands. Jesus Jesus reveals in these parables that He's the steward of the lost, that He puts everything exactly where it belongs and everything He's done for us. Remember Jesus' mission again, to seek, to save the lost. So if we think about it that way, Christian stewardship then is simply supporting that mission in our vocation, wherever God has called us, in church, in home, in the world. We are stewards because Christ himself is the steward first, the chief steward of the lost. And we see in him the... How God put more than a tenth of his treasure on the line. How he paid the price fully for us in our sin. Not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood. With his innocent suffering and death, he found you. He saves you. God forsook more than 99% of his son on the cross to make peace with us and to give us forgiveness. He gave everything. Jesus gave all that he had on the cross for you. For your redemption. He died and rose from the grave to give us peace with the Father. He did it to fulfill every command and to give us everlasting life. He did it to seek and to save you, to find you. And still today he comes to rescue and to redeem, to heal and to feed and to save us in his holy body and blood today, which finds heals and saves and forgives you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.